Are you glad he's here this morning? Amen. Amen. Boy, it'd be a bad thing to come to church and couldn't feel the presence of God. Uh, appreciate each and every song that's been sung. We appreciate our youth. I appreciate Daniel for his special this morning. And uh, bring it all. Bring it all. <laughs> bring it all to the table and put it down. And I appreciate our youth and everyone in our church so much. And uh, Wednesday night before I preached that message, I prayed that uh, God take this to somebody's heart. <laughs> I just felt like somebody needed that Wednesday night. And uh, Brother Cecil came to me and uh, after the service, we talked about that balance between working for God and then worshiping God, finding that balance in our life. We've all got to work, we've got a job to do, and uh, we've got things to do, but then we got to find that balance where we just stop and listen to the Lord. Thank Cecil for uh, praying about this and, uh, and this song today, and uh, just thank God for his presence. Turn with me tonight, or today, to the 20th verse. All right, I see people looking. <laughs> now, what did I tell you last Sunday? I said, we're going to continue on. Where was we out last Sunday? Uh-oh. Don't, don't feel too bad. Sometimes when I'm getting a message ready for Sunday night, I forget what I preached on Sunday morning, and, and I'm concentrating on it. We're going to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings. While you're turning to 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. Last Sunday, we talked about uh, Naaman. Naaman was a great man, great man of God, and uh, or, or he wasn't at the time, but he was a, a great man uh, where he come from. He was a great soldier. He was a great leader, uh, and, and he was well-respected in his home country, but uh, he was uh, a leper, and he was not able to correct his own faults. And it's like Daniel was singing there, uh, bring it to the table. We've all got things that we need to bring to the table and to the Lord. And his position could not change the condition that he was in. Uh, he was a leper. He was a great man. Uh, he was well respected and the people loved him. The king thought so much of him that he sent him to the prophet there uh, with great riches, a lot of money uh, to pay for the healing of this man. And his finances then could not buy what he needed. Uh, your finances cannot buy your salvation. It will not do it. I don't care what you've got. Uh, it comes down to the point that we have to humble ourselves and repent of our sins and ask God to forgive us uh, of our sins and, and, and ask him to come into our life. Uh, he told, uh, Lord Jesus told uh, there in John the third chapter, uh, when he, uh, the Pharisee came to him and asked what he needed to do to be saved. And he says, you must be born again. He didn't understand that. And we look at uh, Naaman here. Now, after this healing, after he submitted himself, and he went and dipped into the Jordan River seven times, he was made whole. And, and he comes, we start in the, I want to back up just a few verses. We're going to the 20th verse, 2 Kings, the 5th chapter. And it says um, in the 15th verse, that's after he had dipped and after he was made whole of this leprosy. And he returned to the man of God, he and all of his company, and came and stood before him and said... 
Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Now, he was a heathen. He worshipped idol gods. Uh, he didn't know about the God in Israel, but he had been introduced to him. And uh, he come to know him as his Savior. And then in verse 16, it says, But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. He was trying to play, uh, pay Elisha uh, for what he had done for him. And Elisha said, You cannot pay me. There's no charge. This is a gift from God. Then in verse 17, And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given unto thy servant two mules burdened of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offerings nor sacrifice to another or other gods, but unto the Lord. And he got a dose of salvation. He got healed of his leprosy, and, and he got saved there. And he says, In this thing the Lord pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth unto the house of Remmon to worship there, and he leaneth upon my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Remmon, when I bow down myself in the house of Remmon, the Lord pardon thy servant of this thing. And what he was saying to Elisha there, this is a duty of mine. I've got to go back. When I go back to the king's house and we he goes in to worship and I go in with him, I'm not bowing down to that idol God. And he said, pardon me because I'm going in with my master. He got a dose of salvation. He got uh, what we need in this life. And, and he went back only, not only healed of the leprosy but of his sins and he went back a, a, a saved person and healed of his leprosy. Now this is what we want to get into today and I want us to start down in verse 20. After he had offered uh, Elisha all of these this money and these gifts for what he had done for him and Elisha refused this and it says but Gehazi, now I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Gehazi uh, it's kind of like uh, some people, uh, it depends on which side of town you're from. Some call Livingston, Livingston. Some call Livingston, Livingston. Uh, and so it's from which side of town you're on here. So I call him Gehazi. The servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets, Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver uh, in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon the servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower or to the hill, he took them from their hands and restored uh, uh and bestowed them to the, in the house. And he let the men go, and they departed. Now listen, this is where it gets serious here. 
He's lied about this, and now he's facing his master, the prophet. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee, or was not my heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maidservants? The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from the present or from his presence a leper as white as snow. We want to look how the picture turns around here. And I want us to think uh, uh, the title of this message would be rerun, uh, Running After Worldly Rewards and Things. Uh, we're living in a time in a world where people are running and striving for power. Uh, they're striving for uh, gain. They're striving for whatever they can get. And we see it in our uh, political realm today. Uh, people, they're not representing the people. They're in the office to uh, get whatever they can get and a power struggle to keep the power. Uh, and they're running after worldly rewards and trying to uh, pile all these things up for themselves. And in our work world today and in the government or wherever you go, people will cut your throat in a heartbeat to, to get your job or to put you under, uh, to do whatever they can to reap worldly rewards. Now, we're running after worldly rewards. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And we want to look at what we can profit from this text this morning in running after worldly rewards. Association with godly people won't make you a Christian. Now, we see Gehazi here. He was a servant to Elisha. Uh, he had been a servant. He's associated with him, and, and he was with him everywhere he went. Uh, and he was right there with the man of God. So being associated with godly people won't make you a Christian. Going to church won't make you a Christian. We look at Judas in the New Testament. Uh, he was one of the 12 that was chosen and walked with Jesus Christ for three years, a little over three years there. But that didn't make him a Christian. And we know what he done when he uh, 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 turned on uh, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and, and the things that he done. Number two, witnessing miracles won't make you a Christian. You can go back to uh, in the second Kings here, the second chapter, and leading up to this point, we see uh, Gehazi was right there with the man of God. He saw him perform all of these miracles and the things that he done. But it won't make you a Christian. Uh, being aware of God's protection won't make you a Christian. Uh, he had saw the things that God had done in the protection. Back when Elijah uh, was there and the armies came and surrounded the city and the army was going to take them and uh, Elijah's servant went out and saw all of this army out there. And he was scared. You just think about it. Uh, you walk out of the house, and as far as you can see, there's armies, there's chariots, there's horsemen, there's soldiers everywhere. I mean, he was scared. And he walked back into the house and 
tell Elijah, and Elijah prayed that his eyes would be open because Elijah knew that there was more circling that army out there, the angels of God, the chariots of fire, and he had heard Elijah talk about this. He had saw Elijah put the 450 prophets of Baal to death, and being aware of God's protection won't make you a Christian. Uh, love of the world separates a man from God. When we go after the things of the world, it will separate us from God. I want to turn back to First John, the First John uh, in the First uh, John, the second chapter, and John is writing to uh, the Christians here, and he says, uh, he says, and he talks about my little children uh, so much here. And, and in this 15th verse, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And see, Gehazi was running after the things of the world, and that's what he was desiring here. He saw all of this money. He saw all of the wealth that this Syrian brought down there, and he offered it to his master, and his master wouldn't take none. He couldn't understand that. And he began to think about that. And, and I look at premeditated. Uh, he, uh, when we look at go to a court of law, somebody that's uh, convict, uh, convicted of premeditated murder, it's worse on them because they're saying they didn't get caught up in a rage. They didn't get caught up and, and just catch this all at once, but it's premeditated. Gehazi began to think about this, and he began to think about, man, look at all of that silver that he offered. Look at those uh, 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 precious garments and things and all the things that he offered, and, and my master didn't accept anything. Nobody's going to know about it. I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to get some of that. Running after the things of the world. Verse 16, he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of the life, a pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, he looked on those things. He saw those things, and he began to lust after them. Verse 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We see here, Naaman, Naaman's sin was pride. Gehazi's sin was greed. He wanted that. And see, Naaman swallowed that pride. He went down to the river and he dipped seven times, just like God asked him to do. He didn't want to at first, but the servants persuaded him to do that. And because of that, he became whole. And then because of the greed of Gehazi, we see what happened. That leprosy, that very leprosy that Naaman had was then transferred to Gehazi. He was a church-going man. I mean, he went, he was right there with uh, his master, everywhere he went, when they go into the temple, wherever they was worshiping at, church-going person. But brother, he missed the mark. It says that this is going to be on you and upon your family forever. No matter how good the world may look, the price is too high. And I stress to our young people, our young people are facing things that when I was a teenager had no idea that those things ever existed. 
and would have to face those things. But our youth today are facing things that we as adults don't understand, I don't think. But I can tell you that I do understand this, that the price is too high. It doesn't matter how good it looks and how appealing it is. It'll cost you more than you ever want to pay. It'll take you farther than you ever wanted to go. And it'll leave you in the gutter, lost and bound for hell. The world loved not the world, neither the things of the world. These things are going to pass away. Gehazi, he wanted that. He says, I'll go after it. And he did. And he went down there. And Naaman was glad to see him coming because he was wanting to pay somebody for what they had done for him. But the prophet says there's no charge. This is of God. Can't take a price for this. This was from God. And so the price will cost you no matter how good it looks. And so instead of running to the world, I want to strive to us today that instead of running after the things of the world, we run, in to, run to God. And like Daniel was singing, I think God just laid that on, uh, song on his heart. Bring it to the table. I mean, we've all, every one of us have got something that we can bring to the table. Uh, me and Brother Cecil was talking uh, the other night after church, and, and we, we get so caught up in the things of the world, and, and we can let it overload us, we can let it burden us down, and, and, and we begin to lose the joy of our salvation. And we've got to find that balance between work and worship. And I want us to look at some things that today, and I guess you can say I'm going to step out into the water a little bit here this morning. Uh, we're facing things today that we never faced when I was a kid and when I was growing up. And there's some things out there that are drawing people uh, all over the world, and nobody, nobody in this building is exempt for what I'm fixing to talk about. None of us are exempt from uh, falling into this by accident and getting caught up to this. And we've got it in our homes. We've got it work. We've got it everywhere we go. Uh, we carry it with us all the time. And, uh, and if we forget our cell phone, we'll drive 10 miles to go back home and get it because we've got to have that thing. We can't get along without of it. But on that Internet, we're just one click away, one click away from something popping up that we shouldn't be looking at. Now, people used to call the Internet the beast. I think they're right. <laughs> I mean, it's good. There's a lot of good things. It's used for great things, can be used for great things. But the world is using that to destroy our children, our youth, and our families. Just one click away. And then you get caught up in that, and you get drawn into that. And... I forget what the statistics is on, on the men that's addicted, not to alcohol, not to drugs, but to pornography with just one click on that computer. They say now that the increase is rising so fast with women with viewing pornography. And the world, the world is destroying families and homes and teenagers. And, and, and they get addicted to that. 
they're running after that. They try to get a place and they get a loan where they can uh, click. And, and, and I read and I heard Dr. Dotson talking about the statistics and the things that's going with this and how people are affected by it. Now, uh, in the scripture in Matthew 5, 28, uh, the Lord tells uh, the disciples to them there that he says, if a man looks upon a woman and lusts after her, he's committed adultery in his heart already. So we look at how many people that are committing adultery in their heart by simply clicking and looking at that. And we can stand back and we can down them, we can fuss on them. Uh, the women can say they shouldn't do it, they shouldn't be doing those things. Uh, but we see the increase on the rise with the women. But they are addicted to it and they're running to that and trying to find satisfaction in that. But you cannot. It's just like drugs. The best high that you'll ever get is on that first hit when you take drugs and then from then on you're trying to get that uh, uh, higher and higher and higher and you can't do it you'll never achieve that and that's the same way with pornography and we look at this and yes it's a it, it's a sin for us uh, and I remember uh, being when I was uh, about 30 year old I was visiting a friend of mine in Indianapolis a real good friend of mine my dad was in the service with him and we'd always stayed close friends and and our wives was doing what they like to do. They were shopping, so we was doing what we like to do. We sat there in center court and watched the traffic go by. This real attractive woman walked by, and I was watching her. She walked by. Somebody go ahead and say, Preacher, what are you doing? And George looked over me, not this George, but my friend George, and he said, there's a real thin line. I didn't know what he was fixing to say. He said, Gary... There's a real thin line between admire and desire. And that's right. A real thin line there. And we can cross that line so easy. So easy. And so it's something that we are affected with. They can't even advertise a tube of toothpaste or a bar of soap without putting sex into it. They've got to bring that into it to draw your attention to it. And we're living in a sin, sex, crave, sick world today. Now, I'm going to step out a little bit deeper into the water, and I may get up to my eyeballs here this morning, but I want us to really get down to where, where it, the rubber meets the pavement. Yes, it is wrong. It's wrong for a man to look upon a woman and lust after her. It's wrong. And we can get caught up in that very, very easy. But today we're living in a time that the, the more skin that you can show, I mean, boy, the styles and the things, and it makes it difficult for a man. I'm not taking up for a man. I'm, I'm not. We get caught up in it. But let me tell you something. I talked about premeditated. King David premeditated what he'd done before he went with Bathsheba. He looked and he saw her. He desired her. He began to lust after her. And he had her brought to him and committed that sin of adultery with her. But when a woman dresses to draw attention to her body, I consider it premeditated because she's premeditating, she's dressing 
or halfway dressing or maybe not even that much, but to draw attention to herself. I believe she's going to be held more accountable than the man that lusts after. Both of them are wrong. Both of them are wrong. But she's premeditating that. And we're living in a world today when, I mean, boy, the less you can wear, uh, I mean, they just, uh, they just go almost naked. And, and what are they doing it? You're drawing attention to yourself. And we got to get a hold of this thing. And, we, and, and that's, I mean, we got to stay close to God. And that's the reason that the Apostle Paul said we got to put on the whole armor every day, every day of our life. We have got to put on the whole armor of God. I want to go back to the book of James, the book of James, the first chapter. And in the book of James, the first chapter there, uh, he says there, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away after his own lust. He's tempted. There's no sin. There's no sin in being tempted. But when we yield to that sin... That's the sin. When we yield to that temptation, what I meant to say, when we yield to it, then we begin to sin. He says, uh, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when sin hath conceived, you know what that word conceived means? It means pregnated. It bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The price is high. It'll cost you more than you ever dreamed. Running after the things of the world, running after the lust of the flesh, we all deal with this. And if anybody says that you don't have a problem with it, you better get out and start talking to God because I'm telling you, the devil is going to hit you broadsided or you're already playing on his team. We all face these temptations. There's no sin when we're tempted. But when I begin to think in my mind, boy, that would be nice. Boy, she don't fuss on me. She smells good. She looks good. And I begin to think about it. And then when I yield to it, like David did, when David yielded to that, what did it bring forth? It brought forth death. That son that she conceived in that relationship died. The sword never left David's house. You may think you're getting by with it. You may think nobody knows about it. But as Daniel said, God already knows about it. He already knows about it. You're just fooling yourself. Playing the part of the fool. We can all get caught up in it. None of us is exempt. And there's a lot of things that we could use for an example this morning, but I think this one is one that's rampaging through our world today. And when you get hooked on these things, it's worse than the addiction of drugs or alcohol. Running after these things will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. And it'll take you farther than you ever wanted to go. Run to God. 
take it to him. Gehazi was right there with the man of God. You may attend church every Sunday. and You may have an addiction of some other kind that I don't know about, but you and God know about it. You'll never find peace. You'll never find joy. And I look at this when I think of Naaman. Naaman was marked for death. When he come to the prophet of God, he had leprosy. He was going to die a leprosy. He humbled himself and asked God to come into his heart. He went down and dipped in that Jordan River by being obedient, and then he made that statement. There is no other God besides the God of Israel. There is no other God today, but people are still worshiping other things. As we close this morning, I guess I've got out probably up to my eyeballs. Somebody may be upset at me. Take it to God and talk to him about it. We got to present ourselves, our bodies. When we look at our body, that's another thing that we could really hammer down on today is our body is the temple of God. This body that I live in, that's the temple of God. He dwells here inside. There's a place for God, the Holy Spirit, and the Father right here inside. And what I do with this body reflects on Him. It's very, very important. Our body. Our body. Young people, I think you know what I'm talking about this morning. This body that we present it to Him, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He says that is, He says that's our reasonable service. What I do with this body and how I present this body to the world. It's very important. Maybe I've been off on some rabbit trails this morning, but I think we've got it treed this morning. We've, we've put him up a, a tree here uh, instead of in the hole, and we've got him up a tree. But it's so important. And I think there's such a great message in this this morning. In Naaman, submitting unto God, and got that healing and went back a whole man, a changed man. And knowing that there was no other God besides the God of Israel. And then Gehazi had been with him, with uh, Elisha all those years. Seen all the miracles that God had performed. Seen the protection of God. And then went running after worldly rewards. And the leprosy came upon him, death. He died a leper, never going to leave him or his family. There's something worse than a leprosy this morning, and that's sin. Sin, S-I-N. S-I-N. We've got to put ourselves right there in the center. We get caught up in it, and it'll take you. It'll destroy you. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy everybody around you if we let it control our lives. Just bring it to the table this morning. I appreciate this gentleman coming to the altar this morning and just praising God.
in that silence of that song. And this altar ought to be full this morning. Because let me tell you something. Brother Albert says every Sunday, we're blessed. He said, I'm telling you, we're blessed. And we are, folks. We're blessed. Let's just let him know that we appreciate it this morning. And we appreciate what he's done for, it, uh, for us. We appreciate the plan of salvation. We appreciate his love for us. And that we can come to him. No playing, no singing. Or maybe let's go back to that song, Brother Mike, that, uh, that you played uh, just before, uh, when uh, Cecil uh, turned it over to you this morning. Could you go back to that? Can't go back to that? Okay, he's, okay, all right. All right, let's just silently, if everybody will, let's just come, kneel here on the altar, just thank him. Worship him this morning. If you feel like raising your hands, raise your hand. Feel like shouting, just shout. Let him know that you're glad you're a child of his. And thank him for his protection. And ask for his protection upon us and our young people. Because they're facing things that we've never faced. And we need to pray for them. Would you come at this time with us together here together? And just lift up our hearts and praise to him. Thank him for his blessing. Thank him for your home. Thank him for your family. Thank him for your clothes. Thank him for your automobile. Thank him for your church. Thank him for your friend. See, we just we can go on and on and on and on and on and on this morning thanking him for his blessings while we come. Everybody here, just please come. Just feel free. Just, we just come. If you can't get down here, uh, sit on the front seat. Uh, uh, just, just praise God this morning. While some are still coming, boys, he's been good to us. He's watched over us. He's protected us. We don't know how much that he's protected us and the things that he has done for us. And you want each one of you just to pray in your own way. If you want to pray silent, pray silent. If you want to pray aloud, I want you to pray aloud. And if you want to get excited about your salvation, just let the good times roll here this morning as we just pray to Him and worship Him in our own way. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning just thanking you for your blessing. Thank you for the sweet, sweet Holy Spirit, dear God, that's been in our service this morning, through the song service, all the way up through each and every part, dear God. And I thank you for your presence today. And I thank you for uh, caring about us and, Lord, for always being there. And, Lord, I just thank you for the blessings of, of the joy of my salvation. And I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your, the food that's been on my table. I thank you for the home that I have. I just thank you for uh, my children, Lord. I thank you for so much, Lord. We can just go on and on and on. But, Lord, I thank you for this church this morning and these people that are gathered together as we come together in one accord, dear God, this morning, uh, believing and praying that you're wanting to do things, dear God. And, Lord, you're wanting to perform miracles if we will just let you. 
And Lord, I just pray that you will just be with each and every one here. Maybe there's someone here this morning that has an addiction or something in their life that they're ashamed of, dear God. And Lord, they've gotten into deeper than they thought they would. And Lord, they never meant to get there. But Lord, I just pray that you will move upon them, dear Jesus. Lord, just touch them and pray, Lord, that you will break that addiction, Lord. And Lord, that they can be set free from that. And Lord, that you'll just move and work. And Lord, help us, each one of us, when we go out, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice unto you which is a reasonable service and let the world know Lord we don't have to go out there just preaching the gospel all the time but Lord our lives is a testimony each and every day of our life and Lord I pray a special blessing upon our teenagers and our youth here in the church that do such a great job that are willing to get up that are willing to sing willing to teach willing to uh, play the instruments uh, take their part dear God in doing whatever they can and Lord, I just pray your protection hand be upon them as they go out into the world, as they go to school, as they face the temptations, as they face the peer pressure that's put upon them. God, give them strength. Anoint them, dear God. And Lord, just lift them up. And Lord, put that shield of protection about them and just bless them in a special way. Be with our church and bless it, dear God. And I thank you, I love you, and I praise you. Thank you for this sweet service today. In your precious and loving and holy name that I pray. And everybody said, Amen.